0: Senator Jacinta Nampajimba Price, welcome to Base Podcast. I always start off by determining someone's base credentials, and your base credentials are about as high. They're they're maxing out their redlining at the (laughs) moment. So uh, you are indeed based, and this is the time. And I was just reflecting on um, what would have been 18 months, two years ago, when you came, when you were a a councillor? Yes. Deputy Mayor. You were Deputy Mayor. Mm. uh and you came here to tell a story about um you know what was really going on in the communities and you brought um uh, sharon, long. Uh, sharon long and mm. we spoke to a, well, you spoke to a group of parliamentarians and then a cold flint went into the chamber because the media didn't turn up they didn't want to hear it mm. they didn't have ears no you had the voice they didn't have the ears exactly. and uh and and then and and the plug got pulled the abc pulled the you know, oh, we're having technical problems. We can't get. You know. So it was just, it was a real insight. I was actually quite stunned. Nothing ever happened, of course. But welcome, um, the voice. Mm. Um, have you heard about it? <laughs>
1: um, it's a TV show. It isn't is it? a TV show. <laughs> um,
0: but in political terms, what is it? What does it mean?
1: Well, it's a whole lot of unknown, mm. really. It's um, an amendment to our constitution um, of an entity that has absolutely no detail, that we're told, um, you know, that it's like it's like being given a, a colouring-in book without the colours in yeah. it. Vote for this first, accept this first. Everything will be coloured in afterwards and we'll know what it all means after the fact. So it's a very dangerous concept mm. um, because it's effectively changing our constitution.
0: Yeah. An entirely new chapter in the constitution. This is not like a full stop. A whole new chapter in there um, with these broad powers to, you know, to give power to uh, speak to the executive, speak to parliament. Um, do is it the case that Aboriginal people all want this, or is that a myth?
1: That's an absolute myth. Hmm. It's actually a racial stereotype hmm. that the Labor government have been pushing to suggest that. Uh, you know, somehow, as a group of <laughs> Australians, we're all we all think the same, and we have been asked by Indigenous Australians on behalf of all Indigenous Australians to suggest that this is something all Indigenous Australians want. We don't treat any other group of Australians in this way. I mean, we don't gather a group of white Australians together um, to determine outcomes for white Australia. Yeah. Uh, and then suggest that they then speak on behalf of all of white Australia. No, we treat people as individuals in their own right. And this conversation, this debate, and certainly um, what Prime Minister Albanese is pushing on the Australian people, suggests otherwise. And, And a lot of Aboriginal Australians are now coming out to say, we don't support this, we haven't been consulted on this, we don't even know what the detail is we don't know what this means and we don't trust this government yeah
0: and do you think is that is the the divisive nature of this resonating through aboriginal communities as well i mean Mm. you know there's this sort of myth and and i remember you know my dad when he came to this country just wanted to be an aussie like and i think everyone's like that we all just want to be that and the labor government here keep talking about we've got to unify but we keep Mm. saying well we are like what do you mean so Mm. um is it is it Is that the main reason? For me, that's the main reason to vote no, is the division. But there's a whole host Mm. of others as well. What is it for you?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, that is the first and foremost, for me, it's the principle of dividing us along the lines of race because it just simply doesn't work. I mean, I've got an Aboriginal mother and a white Australian father. Uh, You know, there will be a line going through my family. I've Mm. got a husband who's uh, a recent Australian, um, you know, originally from Scotland. Our blended family with our four boys, the three that I gave birth to, and my youngest, the stepson, they all have very mixed heritage between them, Um, but ultimately my three um, can call themselves, Warpuri can call themselves Aboriginal. My stepson can't. Hmm. Uh, And then my three would then have the opportunity to have an extra say about laws that govern our nation because of their heritage, and my stepson can't. This is dividing Australians across the board and it's dividing Aboriginal Australians, you know, right down the middle. Uh, there, As I said, there's a lot of Aboriginal Australians who don't trust um, the government uh, and their proposal. They don't trust that the elite, middle-class Aboriginal Australians that are pushing for this transfer of power um, to enshrine an entity um, that they believe they won't get a say in because they've been disregarded uh, that they've been ignored by that elite few for so long now. They don't believe that this this voice mechanism is about yeah. to propel them into um, having the opportunity to be heard.
0: And, and so, what are the problems? There are lots of obviously lots of problems on in remote communities. Um, what do they look like? I mean, you, you know, you're Alice Springs uh, mm. resident, you know, and been there for your entire life, I think, and mm. um, so you've watched it on the ground. Is it worse now than it's been for a while? And what what are the things you're seeing on you know on the ground?
1: Yeah, look, things um, have got particularly bad more recently with the fact that I think our kids aren't being looked after properly. Mm. We're seeing kids on the street late at night. Um, Indigenous kids in remote communities in particular uh, experience the highest rates of domestic family violence, sexual abuse, and, uh, you know, myself and uh, our leader Peter have called, a, called for a royal commission into the sexual abuse of Indigenous kids, and the Labor government don't want a bar of it yet the statistics are screaming that we need this to happen. That is something, that's a step that we can be taking right now um, and to to actually give those kids a voice in all of this to be heard. Um, You know, myself, um, our our colleague, Senator Karen Little, we've had two motions on the floor of the Senate um, to launch inquiries into land councils, statutory authorities, Aboriginal organisations that are funded billions of dollars to produce outcomes that will improve the lives of our most Mm marginalised. They are responsible as well. This is the industry that currently exists that either needs fixing or in parts requires dismantling, uh, and that's the hard work that we have to do that hasn't been done.
0: Mm -hmm. Because that's actually hard work. The solutions there are hard and they require serious decision-making. This, and and taking your point about the decision, the, the detail, we don't really know what it does, but... This, uh, you know, the voice, what it would do to our constitution and ultimately to, uh, you know, to to Aboriginal communities, would, would that add any value, do you think, in your mind? I mean, does it help those sort of things or does it make it worse or is it largely the same?
1: Well, let's look at this. So, we've got an entity known as Snake, which is the lead national advocacy body for Indigenous children who downplay the, the rates of sexual abuse amongst Indigenous kids, effectively sweeping it under the rug. I mean, if that peak national body is in denial of the facts and of the evidence and refuse to accept that we need to do something more drastic to ensure that our kids aren't experiencing such high rates of sexual abuse in our country, I have no um, uh, no trust at all, uh, no confidence that a voice to parliament is supposed to provide all the solutions. And it's assuming that Aboriginal people somehow know how to fix the problems of Aboriginal people. We're all people, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it doesn't come down to race. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's And it always struck me that Aussies would work this out. I mean, apart from the fact that we're flying in the face of you know a 100 years plus of uh, referenda not getting up. For, 44, I think there have been, and eight have only been successful. So it's a big ask. Mm. But I always thought Aussies would work this out, and they, it feels like particularly over the last two or three weeks, I mean, you've been doing a lot of work. You've been, you know, out every night talking to people across the country. And are you sensing that the penny's dropping and people are saying, you know, wait a minute, we don't want that? I mean, is it, is, it, is it growing? on the And, you know, that's obviously a good thing from where we sit. But.
1: Yeah, look, absolutely. And... I think, you know, I mean, the Yes campaign have been up in arms because our slogan is, if you don't know, vote no. Mm. But that comes down to the fact that when you do go to find out, Mm. um, to be informed on the matter, you're no better informed than what you were when you started out because Prime Minister Albanese has not provided any detail, any more detail, Mm. because it's all to be written after the fact. Um, And Australians don't like that. Australians don't like to be kept in the dark, have the wool pulled over their eyes they like to be well-informed, mm. uh, and so when they go to seek information, they they are actually more likely to vote no, mm. and that's what's happening.
0: So let's step through this for people that might not be 100% across the process This parliament, um, uh, or the government here, the Albanese government introduced a bill seeking a referendum. Um, That referendum bill proposed some words for the referendum question that goes to the people. Um, We we opposed it. Our side of parliament opposed it. It got passed, notwithstanding. Mm -hmm. uh, And the referendum is is effectively like a mini-election, we could say. It's a a vote of uh, the whole country. You need a double majority. You need a majority of people in the country and you need the majority of the majority of states, which sounds a bit weird, but you need a lot of people. It's hard to pass. Um, So it's, I mean, you would think normally that people would be very cautious with that sort of approach, but we're seeing now a real drifting. Mm. Um, Do you think that uh, what we're seeing now is a product of people starting to understand that this is going to create, you know, potentially more bureaucracy, more red tape? And what what we see, because Mm. we see a bit of that detail, is... Mm. The fact that we're going to get a big Canberra voice, and you've been calling it the Canberra voice. What, what, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, even if you look at the um, so the Uluru Statement from the Heart, mm-hmm. those the, in the twenty-five pages that <laughs> sit behind yep. it, that, you know, we've been all gaslit about that aren't part of the Uluru Statement from the Heart. But if you look to those pages, um, it, it provides um, the detail as to what the proponents of the voice are seeking mm-hmm. through this, yeah. and they've even stated that they would. Um, they would expect for space in parliament house itself um offices for the voice um sort of almost like a third chamber yeah. um within parliament um you know a, a, a the the word black parliament has been used um and yeah. and, and of course this this is the problem so so there, when you go looking for the detail, and you know the prime minister is den- denying it, but then you see the work of the referendum working group uh, in, in the words in their own words. This is what we're sort of cautioning Australians against mm. um, supporting, and what the consequences actually look like, especially when no real guardrails have been put in place, no determination. I mean, the prime minister calls it a, 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 an advisory body, but nowhere within the question. Um, being put to the Australian people or the brand new chapter itself is the word advice, mm. advise or advisory yeah. even stipulated. And 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 that there is red flags when the Prime Minister says one thing, but in actual fact, um the question and the chapter say something completely different.
0: Yeah. And it's... It, I mean, there actually are already bodies that do this. There's the uh, NIAA, the National Indigenous Australians Agency, which has mm. got, I think, a $2 billion per annum... Is, is it four. Four billion, $4 billion, billion dollar. billion dollar per annum yeah. budget. Mm. Um, and so looking... I mean, this is, you know, presumably be slightly different, but it'd be pretty similar as well, uh, except that it's bricked into the constitution. So what people need to understand when they're thinking about their vote uh, is that this is not something... If, if, it, if we as we think, it's it's a bad thing, um, it's not easy to unpick. You've got to go back to another referendum to fix it. So
1: mm.
0: it's pretty risky, right? Like this is uh, this is a serious undertaking.
1: It, it is a very serious undertaking and I think, you know, through Senate estimates um, and the audit process, it's been demonstrated that the NIAA aren't actually meeting um, their requirements in terms of, um, you know, ensuring that, funding is uh, that is not being provided um to an opportunist or being misspent or exactly how funding is being provided to mm. various different programs um and you know we need to cl- look closely at whether it is an in fact delivering on what it's supposed to be delivering uh or not because uh it, it's questionable at the minute you know whether that is the case so and, and that's the case for a lot of um you know entities which is why we're seeking an inquiry, but then if that's the case with so many, we've got over 3,000 of these bodies, why would we create a brand new one um, with the likelihood of it failing? And because we've been told also by the proponents of The Voice that, look, it won't work right away, but it can be reworked. Mm -hmm. Why would we put that in our constitution um, when we know that there's a great likelihood of failure to mm. begin with because we've got so many models before it yeah. that have failed. Yeah. Why would we do that? Why would we put our constitution at risk in that way?
0: ATSIC, another one that people forget, that it wasn't that long ago.
1: Absolutely. ATSIC, um, it, was a, it was a bipartisan decision uh, by the Howard government at the time with the Latham led Labour opposition to dismantle ATSIC. Um, you know, it was embroiled in allegations um, of corruption. Um, you know, um, misuse of funds, um, sexual misconduct, those sorts of allegations, um, and it, it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do in terms of supporting Indigenous Australians. So that it was, you know, it was termed a failed experiment. Mm. So why would we try yet another experiment? Yeah. Mm. And
0: of course, in that case, it was legislative, so it just takes an act of Parliament. Easy
1: exactly not so
0: much here <laughs> um it's been a bit i mean it's actually been a, a quite a learning curve for all of us i think in the sense that there are all these new words um makarata is one that gets bandied around a lot people are going to hear mm. that a lot probably in the next um six weeks or so and it i think is misused by this labor government a little bit um yes. what does it mean like you know, what does it wasn't mean to people on the ground you know aboriginal people
1: yeah so the, the term makarata is a is a Junger term. Word, which actually um, is a meaningful payback, for cultural payback. Mm. It's a, literally a spearing in the leg, um, you know, to be done to someone who's, you know, seemed to have done the wrong thing um, to maim them so they can no longer function appropriately to, you know, hunt for themselves and, and, and look after themselves mm. in that way. But what gets me is that, yes, this has been used, but who are, who are the proponents of the voice suggesting should be, uh, on the receiving end of Makarata, you know, mm. like...
0: <laughs> not me, thanks. No,
1: exactly. <laughs> There's not an Australian alive today that is res- that is responsible for what occurred in our nation's history.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and certainly those of us, on you know, Indigenous Australians, you know, today, uh, what occurred back then... Really, we've got a different Australia. We're living in a completely different Australia where there's plenty of opportunities for us.
0: Yeah. And I'm seeing, and I think I'm seeing this, maybe I'm imagining it, but I'm seeing through the left now in politics generally this worrying trend of taking quite radical revolutionary concepts and laws and trying to sweep them under the rug quickly so that nobody... Um, Can see. We've seen examples of that in South Australia with some social policy stuff that's come up in the last two or three years. Mm -hmm. But it feels like this Mm -hmm. here is a Mm -hmm. bit like that. I mean, Mm -hmm. back at Federation and before in 1891, they spent almost a decade talking about the Constitution. Admittedly, more volume, but this is still a whole chapter. And the you know the the, the um, transcripts were circulated. People con- you know yeah. talked about them. They sent their representatives, and they debated, and they argued. And yet here, mm. this government is just saying, "Trust us, it's going to be all right." Oh, trust me, I'm from the government.
1: <laughs> exactly. I mean,
0: it's just it strikes me as being bizarre. And do you, I mean, do you think this is you know is it as bold as that? Is it is it? And if so, why?
1: Yeah. Look. Uh- I mean, there there wasn't a constitutional convention, and that's obviously deliberate because even with the Uluru convention that they held mm. and those dialogues, they were invite only mm-hmm. individuals. So even the indigenous. Oh, I didn't get an
0: invite. <laughs> I didn't get an invite either.
1: <laughs> I certainly didn't get an invite, and there was a purpose to that because. Uh, it was the proponents of the voice pushing their particular agenda. That's yeah. what they wanted to achieve is the final outcome. And the, the, the name Uluru was used and exploited for this PR campaign. The majority of, of traditional owners at Uluru don't support this, and I've had conversations with them, mm-hmm. and they're upset that they have been exploited for the purpose of this. But going to your point about states using laws and sweeping them under the rug and pushing them through, well, look at Western Australia, mm-hmm. with the Cultural, Aboriginal Cultural Heritage Act which has now had to be scrapped because it's failed Um, and it's really angered a lot of Western Australians. Um, Look at what's happening in Victoria Mm. with the Truth-Telling Commission. I mean, in their eyes, Truth-Telling is about, well, how can we maximise our benefits, really, Mm. saying, look, we're aggrieved, so therefore we're owed something, this is what we want. And they want to set up complete separate laws around child protection, Mm. treating Indigenous kids completely different when they are Australian citizens. Um, having a lowered standard for those kids, blaming racism and colonisation for the high rates of removal and yet ignoring the fact that Indigenous children in Victoria, are 19 out of uh, every thousand um, kids who who have had a a report brought against their their care that has been substantiated in terms of child protection. Um, But that is not brought up. That is not brought all those, up. All those key elements as to why the kids are being removed is is never actually part of the conversations, but they're asking for separate laws.
0: Yeah, and, it's, and it is I mean, back to the original point, the voice of division, we say. Um, you've said a couple of times here, Canberra doesn't need a voice, it needs ears, and I have shamelessly used that wherever I go as well. Uh, not our bills, by the way. They're green, not red. Um, by that, you mean uh, that... Canberra's not listening at the moment. There's a lot of talk about it, but, mm. you know, you, you seem to be you and Karen Little and, and others. I mean, people that are familiar with the communities that are not Aboriginal people keep talking about the problems that are, that exist, mm. and they don't seem to be listening to that. They don't seem to be talking about that. We have the cashless debit card, which got squashed in the early stages of this government. Mm. Um, is, is that what it is? Canberra needs to just listen?
1: Canberra needs ears, not a voice, mm. and uh again you know the the latest claim from the proponents of the voice megan davis is suggesting um that this will be about giving women and girls an equal say well women were screaming out for the cashless debit card Mm. to be maintained
0: and just tell people what that did for those that don't know
1: so it quarantined a a percentage of um of of people's um uh welfare payments Mm -hmm. so that they could only have a certain amount available in cash the rest um, was was on their cards. Mm. And uh, for vulnerable women, you know, Aboriginal Australians, we have a demand-share economy where anything that you own, your family can demand that of you. Right. And when you're dealing with people who are suffering from substance abuse, uh, you, you're culturally not supposed to say no. So your family member can say, hey, give me your wage mm. I wanted mm. for my addiction, and you are not allowed to say no. So it was protecting vulnerable women, the elderly, and making sure that kids had food in their bellies, mm. and this government, for ideological reasons, because they were listening to academics and elites in the city, decided um, to scrap it, and all hell has broken loose in many of those communities where uh, where it was where it was protecting vulnerable people.
0: Yeah, and it struck me as weird the whole way along that you do have you know people like yourself who've lived in that environment who are not being listened to. That's the whole point of not having ears. You know, they, we, we we say it all the time in the chamber behind you. You know. You, you know, there's the voice here, you're not listening to it, Jacinta's here, you know, and and it seems to just sort of be, you know, ideological for this government. But, I mean, look, we'll see what happens on the 14th of October. Um, We're very hopeful it'll go down. Just about your, um, you know, your own. I think it's a fascinating story. Your mum was in politics originally. She was a councillor, and she, she was the mayor, I think. Of
1: no, no, no. <clears throat> I was deputy mayor. My mother yeah. was um, a minister in the CLP. Sorry, minister,
0: Ultimately, a minister in the CLP. Yeah. So there's a there's a pedigree of politics in the family. Mm. Um, but her, uh, did, did that? I mean, that sort of shaped where you got up to now. I mean, like, how did it, how did you get interested in? Oh, look,
1: I think as a family, we we were very frustrated in understanding what the real issues were on the ground, what the real impacts were that were, um, you know, ingraining sort of this disadvantage for Aboriginal people and and violence and and acceptance of violence in our culture. So we advocated for the reduction of violence within our communities, Um, the starting point being this is because it's culturally ingrained. We've, you know, within our traditional culture we've got payback, Makarata, mm-hmm. um, women are uh, second-class citizens to men. Young girls could be married off in arranged marriages and my mother was supposed to be at the age of 13 yep. married off. Um, and because of our, our positions and we wanted to be very honest, it sort of led us on a path to what well, my mother being elected um, after being appointed by actually Marion Scrimgeour, mm-hmm. who who was the Deputy Chief Minister of the Territory for the Labor Henderson Government, uh, my mother was appointed as the chairperson of the Indigenous Advisory for the Henderson Government mm-hmm. but felt in that position that was a token group so that, to make the Henderson Government look like right. they were listening to Aboriginal voices. Mm-hmm. So she went, I'll put my hand up myself and I'll run. And that's why yeah. she got into, um, in, into politics and then... I thought I need to get yeah. to federal parliament because yeah. that's where I've been in the most.
0: Yeah, well, we're very glad you're here and you're doing an amazing job. I mean, people cannot possibly understand how much work you're doing to defeat this, and it's going to be a very um, important run. Um, and I just to touch on uh, Colin, who's a great bloke, your husband. He is—he's a Melbourne supporter, which is not—he can't have everything, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, he is—he must be, you know, sort of basically. Holding the house up at the moment. I mean, you know, you, you're just sort of away all the time. And how's how's he going with the with the travel?
1: Well, yeah, that poor thing. he's I'm dragging him around the country at times, but otherwise, he's going to be playing in Nashville fairly soon. Yeah, so he gets to take yeah. some time out over in yeah. Nashville, which I'm, I'd, I'd love to, preferably be over yeah. there. But I've got, we've we got need to we a you referendum here. to, you know, take down. Um, but look, no, he's he's been incredible support. I'm very grateful for the fact that you know he's he's. Um because he's got a bit of a um you know, he he's known around the country for his music and mm. it's difficult to be an artist Fair um in this woke culture yeah. and to have a position on anything and to support just enterprise yeah. as yeah. as as his wife. Yeah. So um, you know, he's he's had a target on his back as well. But I'm I'm very grateful that um he certainly supported me throughout all this and continues to.
0: Yeah. Well, mm. We're very lucky to have you both on the case. So
1: can I just make one correction? You I know can. I provided a statistic before I said mm. nineteen out of a thousand, it was ninety one. Um, 90, yep. For Indigenous children, it's ninety-one every one thousand um, uh, who are reported to child protection substantiated claims. Good, I good one. Good one. That. Let
0: the record show that's been duly corrected. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, notwithstanding all of that, thanks again, and mm. you know it's great to have you here and doing all the great work and around the country. And thanks for for everything. Truly, a uh, anointed member of the base podcast. Thank you for having a chat, and uh, we will see you in Adelaide soon. Yes.
1: Mm, looking to forward
0: you. to it. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> <See you then. laughs> Authorised by Alex Antic, Liberal Party of Australia, Adelaide.